But it's great to be with you to worship our God this morning. And as we gather together, let us commence our worship by singing to God's praise in the Scottish Psalter version of Psalm 102. Psalm 102 at verse 21. That Zion and Jerusalem too, his name and praise may well record. When people and the kingdoms do assemble all to praise the Lord. And why do we gather to praise God? Well, because he looks after us. And the psalmist says, My strength he weakened in the way. My days of life he shortened. My God, O take me not away in midterm of my days, I said. But we recognize that there's a brevity to life. But we recognize that in God is the answer to all our issues, all our problems, all our anxieties. And we commend ourselves to him as we praise him now uh, from the verse Mark 21 to God's praise. That Zion and Jerusalem too, his name and praise may well record. We'll stand to sing.
Uh, let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious Lord, we come before you on this lovely morning knowing that you are our God. You are the Holy One who made us. And although things change in time, things change in families, we give you thanks that what we have sung there in the last verse is true, that you never change. You are eternal. And we give you thanks that we can have confidence in you, that you are the one who knows us. You are the one who made us. And you are the one who gave your own son, who came into this world and lived a perfect life and at the end of that life was killed and crucified on that cross but rose on that third day. The sacrifice, the righteous for the unrighteous, the guiltless for the guilty. And we give you thanks that those who call upon the name of Jesus in faith, trusting that he would save us from our sins, that you will hear our prayers, you will hear our requests, and you will hear us and answer us in these days. So we commend to you those who are mourning anew this day. We pray, Lord, for those who have lost a loved one. We commend that family to you, that you would uphold them in these days that are so hard and difficult, when we cannot express words that would convey what we feel or what we know, but we recognize that those who are in anguish at this time can only find comfort in you. So we commend that family to you, praying that you remember all those who are anxious this day. We pray that you would uphold them and that you would help us to be discerning and sensitive to their needs and that you would help us to do what we can to be there as a support for those who need it. But as we give you thanks also for new life, we give you the thanks for the birth of Naomi and we pray that you would uh, bless that little child and her parents and her wider family and that uh, we as a congregation might support them also at this time, praising you for new life. But praising you most of all for the life that is promised to all who turn to you, that is life eternal. And as we commend one another to you now, we ask, that you would take off as our worship and that we would offer it to you willingly from hearts that are willing to praise you, to give you all the honour and glory, but that you would forgive us our shortcomings. In Jesus' name and for his sake we ask it. Amen. Now, boys and girls, it's so good to see you here this morning. And I want to speak to you about something that I found in the Bible the other uh, night that I thought was very interesting. Because I want to ask you all a question here for a wee minute. Hands up, any boys and girls, and that doesn't have to be the young, young, young ones either. Any boys and girls who have ever been lost? Has anybody ever been lost? Well, I have. Anybody here who's ever been lost? Have you been maybe to school for the very first time and you don't know where you're going? Maybe? Or going to nursery? Or have you lost anything ever? Have you ever lost something? Well, I lose these things all the time. Keys. 
I remember going out to work one day in a rush and I lost my keys and I had to leave the house open because I couldn't find my keys. And Mary came home and asked me why I'd left the keys in the dishwasher. <laughs> I had lost my keys. I couldn't find them. Well, the Bible speaks of people who are lost in this world and how Jesus loves you so much and loves these people who are lost that he spends so much time working hard to find people who are lost. Because if you're lost and you don't know where you are, you might be scared. You might be worried. And you might want to start crying. Well, the Bible says that God loves you so much that he wants you to be found. He wants to find you. He actually looks for you and searches for you so that you can be safe in him. Because as we have it, and I'm going to have to change my glasses because I'm at that stage now where it says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Because you are so special to God as boys and girls that he wants you to hear what he's saying to you. Because we, when we're born, come into this world as we babies and we grow up. And God wants you to remember how special and how important you all are. But he does not want you ever, ever, ever to be lost. Because he came to save you, to seek you, to find you and to save you. Now I want you to think about what it means to be lost. And I want you to remember this verse in Luke chapter 9. Because the Son of Man, Jesus, came to find you. He came to save you. And he wants you to know this. So what I want you to do when you go home today is speak to mum and dad or gran and gr or whoever and ask them, what does it mean to be saved? Because we're going to talk about that in this service. We're going to talk about that as to what the Bible means to be saved. It means to trust in God, to trust Jesus. And to listen to what he says to you. Because you are so special. Boys and girls, it is so nice to have you here in church this morning. And God wants you to remember that no matter what happens, if you know Jesus, you will have something that this world cannot give you. If you believe in Jesus, and if you want to listen to his word, and we have his word here in the Bible, it's important for us to read it 
and to listen what Jesus is saying to you. So if you ever find somebody in the playground who might look lost and might look scared, just you go and help them. And tell them that Jesus will help you even in the playground. Because he can help you when you're worried, when you're scared. But he wants you to be saved. And he wants you to be safe. And I always like coming to Knockbane to see the boys and girls who listen so well in church. And it's so good to have you here. So thank you very much once again for coming and for listening so well. But you remember that Jesus came into this world to seek and to save those who are lost. And if anyone wants to know Jesus, just ask any of the old people what it means to be saved. And if you pray to Jesus to save you, he will. And he will keep you safe. Right, uh, we're now going to sing again. This time in Psalm 39. Psalm 39. At verse 11. Do not withhold your mercy, Lord. Surround your servant constantly with your great love and faithfulness. For many troubles threaten me. That verse speaks about God looking after his people. God looking after his loved ones. I beg your pardon. I've, uh, for you rebuke and punish men for their iniquity. You, like a moth, consume their wealth. Each man is vanity. But, O oh Lord, please listen to my prayer and hear my cry for aid. Do not be deaf to the appeal which I, with tears, have made. Because this is what the psalmist has learned, that if he calls out to God for help, God will hear him. We'll sing from verse 11 to the end of the psalm to God's praise.
Now let's join together in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious Lord, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the scriptures that we have before us. The testaments that speak of how God has dealt with his people throughout the ages. We give you thanks that your son came to seek and to save the lost. And we give you thanks, our Father, that as we read your word, as we open the pages of the book before us, that these words are powerful. For your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It would cut us to the very quick of our lives as we consider the importance of what your word is saying to us. And we pray that as we gather around your word this morning, this afternoon, that we would honour you with our praise, that we would honour you with our hearts, but that you would open our ears to hear what your word is saying to us, but that our minds would understand what we have heard, and that we, with our hearts focused upon you, would apply the wisdom of your word in our day-to-day lives. We come to you as people with cares, with anxieties, with concerns. And as we have already thought of people who are mourning at this time, we commend them to you. We commend them who, who are anxious also, those who are scared, who are weary, who are tired. We ask, Lord, that you would uphold them. We pray, Lord, for one another, that you would help us to be sensitive to one another's needs discerning and recognizing when somebody needs help so that we can be there if required. But we give you thanks, our Father, that your Holy Spirit is the Comforter. Your Holy Spirit is the one your Son sent to be with us when he ascended into the heavens following his resurrection. And we give you thanks, our Father, that your Spirit is there with us in these difficult situations, in these difficult circumstances. And that your Spirit is here with us this afternoon as we worship. For you have promised us that if two or three are gathered in your name, you are here too. And we accept and take that promise from you at this time, recognizing your Spirit being with us. Remember our land, our nation. We commend to you those who are leading us. We remember our Prime Minister in Westminster, our First Minister in Edinburgh, and the other ministers in the other devolved parliaments. Lead them and guide them in their decision-making. Help them to remember that there is wisdom to be found in Scripture. Help them to be discerning in their own policies, as we commend them to you, praying that you would raise up those who are knowledgeable in the scriptures to positions of influence in our own land. Help us all to be witnesses for you where you have cast us and where you have placed us, where you might have cast our lot so that we might indeed be able to witness and share Jesus with others. Though this is difficult and not easy to do, but we give you thanks, our Father, that you are there with us. Remember this congregation of your people. As we commend to you every congregation of your people, wherever they gather on this the Sabbath day. Uphold them, I pray. Help them to be united in the cause for Christ. Help them to be supportive of one another with one objective, that is, 
to see your name glorified and exalted in our communities. And how do we do that? But by sharing the good news, by introducing people to Jesus. So lead us and guide us this day in our worship. Help us now as we open your word to read it. Help us to hear it. For we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to read now God's word as we find it in Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. This is a portion that contains one of the servant songs, of which there are four in Isaiah. And we're going to begin at the beginning of the passage, but I want to concentrate particularly on verses 4 to the end. But at the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 50, this is the word of the Lord that says, Thus says the Lord, Where is your mother's certificate of divorce with which I sent her away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you were sold, and for your transgressions your mother was sent away. Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there no one to answer? Is my hand shortened that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, by my rebuke I dry up the sea, I make the rivers a desert, that fish stink for lack of water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and make sackcloth their covering. The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, and I turned not backwards. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servants? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. Amen. And may God add his own blessing to that reading of his own holy word. Now we'll sing again.
This time in Psalm 72. Psalm 72 at the beginning. Endow the king with justice, Lord, the royal son with righteousness, your people, your afflicted ones. He'll judge with truth and uprightness. This speaks of the Lord himself, who is king of kings, Lord of lords, who will judge with truth and righteousness. The mountains will bring priests to them, the hills, the fruit of righteousness. He, he will defend and save the poor and crush all those who them oppress. To the Lord's praise, endow the King with justice, Lord. We're going to go through this passage as we find it in Isaiah chapter 50. But I wanted you to remember what I was saying to the boys and girls, where it says in Luke 19, verse 10, where it says, Today, 
Salvation has come to this house. This is to the house of Zacchaeus, where Jesus said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So that's what we're about here, folks. It's about the Son of Man seeking and saving the lost. Because when we read Isaiah, this prophecy of Isaiah, we read of God's chosen people in a difficult circumstance. God had given them the words of Isaiah the prophet as he'd given them the words of Moses onwards and he had given them choices. Follow my ways, do what I ask you, or the ways of the world. That was the choice that the children of Israel had because God had chosen these people to be his chosen people. Yet they had overlooked God's words and that decided to follow the way of their hearts. They may have taken some of God's words but they had endowed them and added to them to the degree that they themselves were the ones that they were relying on because they saw themselves as holy. They'd taken some of God's words and added to them and added to them and had become holy yet without substance. Their hearts were not true. And when we look back throughout the history of the Old Testament there were the highs when God's people listened to God and in humility abased themselves before God and God blessed them because God was put first in their hearts and in their lives. But here in this passage we're at a low light in the experience of the children of Israel. And I want you to think of this passage in two contexts. I want you to think about it in the context of a nation, in the context of a country. But I think we ought to look at it very closely in the context of our own day-to-day -day lives. Think about this passage, verse 4, to the end of this passage, as what it means to you as somebody alive in 2022, but also what it means to somebody who was a part of the nation of Israel in the days when it was actually written. Because these words speak of Jesus. Give attention to me, my people. Give ear to me, my nation. For a law will go out from me. And I will light... I will set my justice to be a light for my people. This word is the word of God that speaks of Jesus in the time of Isaiah. That speaks prophetically of the coming Lord. Where God has given him the tongue of those who are taught. That I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. And by that the people of Israel were weary at this time. 
They'd been overtaken. They'd been overcome. They were in the thrall of enemies. People who had no time for God. And people who had no time for the rule of the law of God. People who had no respect for the king of kings. And because the people of Israel had moved away from the way of God, they had lost out. And they were now under the thrall of these governments that were of no holiness whatsoever. There was nothing in them that respected the Lord. Morning by warning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. We are seeing here how the Lord is advising and educating and giving this servant, this servant, the wisdom, the knowledge and the understanding to encourage his people in a difficult place. And this is what Isaiah was preaching to the people of God in that day. A word of encouragement. And what I try to say to the boys and girls is, be encouraged. Remember, no matter who you are, no matter how young you are, God speaks to you. The difficulty we have is, sometimes, we just don't listen. It says here, He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. In other words, he listens to what God says. So I'm going to ask you all a very, very personal question now. I do this all the time, and I'm not going to apologize for it, but I'm going to ask you, has your ear listened to God's word today? Because have you gone into the Bible yourself today? And have you read it? And mums, dads, have you shared God's word with your boys and girls today? Because we have here the example of the servant king, of Jesus himself, whose ear has heard what God is saying to him. And I'm asking you, has your ear been awakened today by God's word? The Lord God has opened my ear. And then he says, and I was not rebellious. In other words, he didn't overlook or ignore what he'd heard. He was obedient to God's word. And here we have words of encouragement for God's people in the time of Isaiah. Listen to God and you will be encouraged. And that is the message of encouragement to the people in Isaiah's time. And praise be, this is the message of the gospel today for you in your time in your context, in your day-to-day life, you are being encouraged by listening to what God is saying. To awaken my ear, to hear as those who are taught. And those who are taught 
And those who listen to teaching, to good teaching, become wise. So you have the opportunity. And boys and girls, you also have the chance to become wise. To become very, very clever. Now quite often boys and girls think, oh this part of the service doesn't apply to me. Well that's wrong. Because you are very important. You are very special. God wants you to hear these words for you too. Because in a very real sense God's people at this time were like lost children. They had wandered away from the right path and had become lost. Their thoughts were all jumbled up. Their hearts were all confused. Why? Because they'd forgotten and overlooked the wisdom, the teaching of God. And when we think about this servant, this is Jesus himself that is being spoken of here. How Jesus listened to the Bible. How Jesus heard what the Bible says. The servant here is not the people of Israel, but it is the king of kings. The royal figure who accomplishes this mission of salvation. And what is the mission of salvation? Well, boys and girls, it's Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. In other words, I didn't turn my back to God and ignore him. Now imagine, boys and girls, if you're in school, or if mum and dad are telling you something important, and you're not looking at them, you're turning away, and you're ignoring what they're saying. That's what Jesus is saying he did not do with God's word. Because he did not ignore it. He listened to it. His ear was awake. Now that's a very interesting way of saying that, isn't it? Have you ever thought of ears being awake before? My ears are awake. I'm hearing everything that God is saying to me today. So I'm going to challenge you all to listen. To have ears that are awake. And I want you to think about what it means. When we're sitting in church. And we're reading the Bible. Are our ears asleep? If you put your hands in your ears, your fingers in your ears, you can hardly hear. But if you're listening, if you're listening the way that this passage speaks of how Jesus is listening, you're hungry for what is being said. You want to know what God says. And it's interesting how Moses before he went up to Mount Nebo, before he went up to Pisgah, to look out over the promised land, he said that the words that he had been given by God aren't just words. 
They're your bread. They're your meat. They're your day-to-day life. Because this is what feeds your soul. So listen to what God is saying in Isaiah here. And listen what Luke told the people when he said that Jesus came into this world to seek and to save. So are your ears awake, everybody? I hope you're still awake and I hope you're listening to what God is saying to you. Because when you read God's word, God is speaking to you. And it's interesting how, when we carry on here at verse 6, I gave my back to those who strike, my cheeks to those who pull out my beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and from spitting. Remember, this is a prophetic word of Jesus, about Jesus, about the King of Kings who came into this world to seek and to save. What a horrible thing it is to have somebody tug at your beard. You know, if you had a long beard and somebody tried to pull your beard out, how horrible a thing that is. How horrible a thing it is to have somebody spit at you. That's a horrible thing to have happen to you. Nobody wants to be spat upon. And we should never spit on anyone either. But this servant did not hide his face from those who in disgust and in anger and in sinfulness spat on him and struck him and hit him and scourged him to the point of death almost. He was close to being killed before he even reached the cross. Why? Because this was the seeking and the saving of souls. Because this was Jesus reaching out to you. I did not turn my back on all of this anger that the world threw on me. I heard what God said and I understood this is the plan of salvation and this is for your encouragement. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be saved, which is why he suffered the way he suffered. And this is the promise. At the time of Isaiah that our Saviour will undertake this experience for us. But look at what verse 7 says. The Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? God helped Jesus in his day-to-day life. Even though he suffered and he had anguish of his soul. Throughout his life he took time out 
and went to spend time praying to God his Father. And he was encouraged because the Lord God helped him and does help him. Because Jesus himself as a man needed help, needed encouragement. We hear of the tragedy of a family member being taken at a very young age and how that leaves us feeling and that sadness and that grief and that mourning. Jesus understands that. He wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus. He understands mourning. He understands what you feel when you're sad, when you're in great anguish, in great distress. And he's encouraging you by this word this morning that tells you God is there as your support. Because no matter what the world does to me, no matter what Jesus is telling you, what happens to me, who is going to stand against me when I know it's God that's true? I might be killed. But God is all-powerful, and if I'm with him, he will vindicate me at that time. Therefore, because of what God has told me, because what I have learned of God, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Now what that means is, ultimately, Jesus, will be glorified and ultimately although he is put to shame on that cross hung naked on that cross crucified dead and buried and the shame that encompasses that most horrible of human experience he will not be ultimately ashamed because we know and he knows there is a resurrection that is the ultimate glory, that is the ultimate promise of the Word of God. So who can stand up against me when God is for me? So who is my enemy? Death itself has lost its sting, we are told in the New Testament, because he has overcome death. That is why you must recognize that the prophecy of Isaiah written so many generations before Christ is an evidence and proof of the reality of the wisdom and the truth of Scripture. Because Christ so fully represents the prophecy and the fulfillment of that prophecy that we find in Isaiah. Read Isaiah 53. You read Isaiah 53 and then compare Isaiah 53 to the life of Christ. It ties in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And here you are being encouraged to remember. Remember your ears are awake to hear God's word. To take in God's word and to know it and to believe it and to follow it. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? The people on that court, Judas and the rest and 
Pilate and all the Romans, he's guilty. Even though they knew he was innocent, they called him guilty. But the King of Kings, the ultimate God of gods, knows his innocence. And because God knows that he's innocent, who's going to call him guilty when God in power returns and recognizes that the world will bow down before him who is guiltless. That is the same suffering servant who will come back in glory, who will come back in power, cleansed of all unrighteousness, of all uh, uh, appearance of weakness, in great power. Because on that cross he became sin for us. That is all gone now because he was raised incorruptible without sin. That unrighteousness that was poured down upon him because he paid for your sin, for your unrighteousness, for your flaws, for all of your faults. He took that upon himself so that you would be saved. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? There is a challenge to us. Who among us, hearing the words of this servant, the servant that is the Lord Jesus, who has sleeping ears? Are your ears Awake, listening to what these words are saying. Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. That is the encouragement that I share with you from this passage in the book of Isaiah. Trust in the Lord. Share in his light. And it's very, very solemn that we read the last two verses of this passage. When we see in verse 11, Behold all you who light your own fire, who equip yourselves with your burning torches, who walk by the light of your own fire, fire of your own making, the torches that you have kindled. In other words, who walk by your own wisdom, by your own philosophy, by your own ideas, who warm yourselves by the fire of your own philosophy, of your own way of life, as opposed to the teaching of God, to the teaching of Jesus. You choose. Are you going to follow God's way? Or are you going to follow your own way? This you have from my hand, says the Lord. You shall lie down in torment if you don't follow my way. You shall be in torment. And he's speaking there of the torment of a lost eternity. But that is why the encouragement of this passage is so vital for you today. I want your ears to be truly awake, fully awake to listen 
to what God is saying to you. Take this, this, this Jesus, this servant, this humble servant who came into this world to seek and to save the lost. Listen to his word. Make sure your ears are fully awake. Trust in him. Believe in him. And if you're lost, he will guide you with his light. If you're afraid, he will encourage you with his truth. So I want you all to listen to God's word. I want all your ears to be fully awake, wide awake. So that you will have heard what God has said to you today. Be encouraged. Knowing that this applies to you as God's people in 2022. And be encouraged that this prophecy came to pass. Where our Saviour died on that cross. So that you can inherit eternal life. That is the truth. That is the way of life that the Lord is sharing with you today. He came to seek you out. To search for you. He expended himself looking for you. All you have to do is accept his invitation. Come to me and I will give you eternal life, says the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks for the humble servant that is the Lord Jesus. The one who died in our room and in our stead. Help us to have ears that are awake to the voice of the Lord speaking to us. Help us to listen, to hear, to understand and to apply what you are saying to us. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We can conclude now by singing to God's praise in the Sing Psalms version of Psalm 145. Sing Psalms version Psalm 145 at verse 17. The Lord is just. Listen, are your ears awake? Everybody listening? The Lord is just and good in all his ways. He shows his love to all that he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call in truth to him for aid. The hopes of those who fear him he fulfills. He hears their cry and saves them from distress. The Lord protects all those who love his name, but slays all those who practice wickedness. My lips will frame a psalm of praise to God. My mouth will speak forever in his praise. Let every creature magnify the Lord and praise his holy name now and always. These three verses to God's praise. The Lord is just and good in all his ways.
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before his presence of this glory and great joy to the only God our Saviour through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time 